Good afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Hello and good afternoon. Back from our hiatus over Memorial Day weekend. Yes. And ready to uh get on the downward slope of spring and into summer. It is. It's like the kickoff to summer. Yeah, I'm fired up. I always love June. It's a good time. Yes. Weather's heating up. School's out. School's almost out. <laughs> Not quite yet, but another another week or two. So um, today we're actually going to be talking about some rules to negotiate in a job offer. So um, this comes for an article in HBR, uh, Harvard Business Review, and it's from the April 2014 issue, and it is uh, written by Deepak Malhotra. That was and good. Thank you. <laughs> I practiced a couple times. And uh, he is the Eli uh, Goldston Professor of Business Administration in the Negotiations, Organizations, and Markets Unit at Harvard Business School. So these are some ideas that he had on uh, 15 rules for negotiating a job offer. So we may or may not go through all of them. We'll see how much time we have. <laughs> but um, but this is important to know because oftentimes, you know, it's now that the economy is starting to get a little bit more vibrant again and jobs are starting to open up. A lot of people are looking for new roles and new jobs. And, um, and you know, the reality is negotiating for a job these days is very different than it was 10 or even, you know, five years ago yeah. um, in terms of what's reasonable to ask for, what's not. There's a whole lot more around telecommuting, which we maybe would have never asked for 10 years ago. Um, there's different salary levels. Um, things some in some companies are more equitable versus equal in terms of salary and benefits and that kind of a thing. Some some companies, um, I know one of our major casinos has gotten rid of benefits altogether, medical benefits, which is, um, in my opinion, really wild. <laughs> but it's um, you know some what some companies are doing to be able to stay in business and do what they have to do. So yeah. you want to be really um, very conscious and intentional when you're negotiating for a new job. Yeah, lot to consider. Yeah, so um, and typically, um, men seem to be a little bit better at negotiating than women. Um, and some of the reasons that I've read in past um, articles about this is that, uh, and this is not from the article in HBR, um, but that women are often happy to go into something that's like aligned with their values or it feels good, and it's like they just don't, you know, they don't see the need to ask for more money. Whereas men are generally. Um, living under the meme, the social meme, meme of I have to be the breadwinner, so they're going to ask yeah. for more money. So just be thinking about that, ladies, if you're listening out there, and uh, don't be afraid to ask. So here are some uh, tips for negotiating for a new job. Um, so the first piece is don't underestimate the importance of likability. Now, I read an article uh, a couple of years ago in HBR, maybe last year, uh, that was about um, – the difference between being competent and being likable. And people oftentimes will go into a negotiation or an interview trying to prove their competence. But when um, people think about what they like uh, or if they, if they enjoyed somebody or liked somebody, it's often because that person felt warm. Uh, and so, and, and welcoming and, uh, kind of inviting kind. So you want to be sure to be thinking about, um, likability because although it sounds basic, it's crucial. So people will really go to fight for you in a negotiation if they like you. Yeah. Now, if they don't really like you, they might think that you're good, but, um, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go to bat for you. So, um, anything that you can do in a negotiation that makes you less likable reduces your chances that the other side will work hard to get you a better offer. 
So be thinking about that. So the second one is to help them understand why you deserve what you're requesting. So if you're putting out, you know, I want a 15% higher salary than you've offered me, you know, you need to be able to back that up with, here's my years of experience. Here's the proof that I would be able to bring these skills to the table. Here's examples of my previous work. So, um, they, uh, Deepak says, it's not enough for them to like you. They also have to believe you're worth the offer you want. Never let your proposal speak for itself. Always tell the story that goes with it. So I thought that was really interesting in terms of, um, you know, if you think you deserve more money or you think you deserve to go home early on Fridays, you know, that might just be because your kids get off school early on a Friday. But, you know, being able to explain that by doing that, by having that extra time allows you to come in early or work nights and take clients out midweek or that kind of a thing, that may help them justify it. So they want to understand that. Uh, number three is make it clear they can get you. So um, sometimes people in negotiations, they get kind of cagey about like, well, I'll see if I'm available or I might take this job. Well, somebody is not going to want to go back uh, to the executive team and to the HR team and say, hey, we need 20% more to get this person the job um, if they're not even sure you're going to say yes. If they yeah. go back to you and say, hey, I got you the 20% more and, and they are afraid you're going to say, oh, no, thanks. I picked something else. So make it clear that they can get you and that you would want the job if you want it, right? This is assuming, and let me just frame this up. This is assuming that you actually want the job that you're negotiating for, right? Um, Number four is to understand the person across the table. So uh, this is a great quote that he says in the beginning of the article is companies don't negotiate, people do. So understand the person that is sitting opposite you um, so that you can influence them. I mean, half of influencing people is understanding what's important to them. So it might be different for you to be influencing an HR director because they might be worried about different things than it is for you to influence a um, your direct boss yeah. or your potential boss. So you wouldn't want to be, um, you know, if there's if if the HR person is concerned about keeping everything fair and on the level, then they might not be the best person to negotiate your all your additional caveats with. Um, So that's important, which leads us to uh, number five here, which is great, is to understand the company's constraints. Now, sometimes we go into these interviews and these negotiations feeling really confident. And it's kind of like, well, I'm not taking it unless you give me $125,000. And they might say, you know, the cap for this job is 115. And you might say, well, I won't take it for anything less than 125. Well, then they can't offer it to you because the cap is 115. Yeah. Right. So you need to be thinking about that, um, in terms of what you're negotiating for. So you, um, you definitely, um, same thing with vacation. I remember I applied for a job, um, years back and I wanted, I was changing uh, same industry, changing companies. And I had worked for uh, one company for like 13 years. And then I was going to this new company. So I was going from five weeks of vacation to one. And that was Ouch. devastating. Now the money was better, but I mean, I just knew that one week of vacation a year was going to be horrible. And so I said, I want more vacation. They said, we can't do that. HR said, we, we just can't do that. And so I actually was able to negotiate with my boss for an extra week of vacation that they gave me as comp time. It wasn't official vacation on the record. I didn't accrue, you know, vacation to that. They just let me have an extra five days off paid 
um, so that I was, you know, so that I could get that extra time off that I needed without having to say no to the job offer. Yeah. So sometimes there's a way to, you know, even if they have constraints to work around it, but you know, you can't, it's not advisable to go head on with a company demanding something if there are true restraints. Yes. Right. So be prepared for tough questions. Um, many times job candidates have been hit with difficult questions they were hoping not to face. So do you have any other offers? Oh my gosh, like I wasn't planning on talking to you about my other offers, you know. Uh, would you say yes to this job if we offered it to you tomorrow? You know, and, and so it's just um, important to be thinking about how you would answer those questions before you go in because the last thing you want to do is kind of hedge and say, oh, well, um, I, you know, because it could come out as unelegant or, um, you know, in the worst part, dishonest. Yeah. Right. So um, he says, never lie in a negotiation because that could be harmful and unethical. Yeah, but not a good idea. Not a good idea. So you wouldn't want to say like, oh, I have six more offers if you don't, because they might think, wow, we really want this person. But if they have six more offers, we we don't want to low, you know, undercut them. Right. So they might, they might think they'll leave us for something else if they don't like the job. Then, um, you can focus here on the questioner's intent, not on the question. So sometimes in despite of your preparation, if somebody asks you a question that you didn't expect, um, just remember this simple rule that Deepak says. He says, it's not the question that matters, but the questioner's intent. Often, if the question is challenging, the intent is benign. So um, if somebody asks you, do you have multiple job offers on the table, they, or what, what other jobs have you been looking at, they may really just be trying to understand the whole picture of what your job search is about. Yeah. And so, and... Um, you know, you can ask people, oh, that's interesting. Why do you ask to find out their intention? Now, um, that could be considered or taken as a bit aggressive if, if you do that or cagey by not answering the question. But if you're understanding, you know, um, sure, I'm happy to share that with you. What are you hoping to understand about me in this process by asking me that question? You know, so you know how to answer. Um, and then, Consider, next one here, we're at, uh, let's see, number eight, it looks like. Consider the whole deal. So a lot of people think about negotiating a job as a salary. All they think about is what what they get paid. But mm-hmm. there's so many other things, right? Mm-hmm. There's, does it align with your values? Do you get to leverage your strengths? Um, are you feeling like you're getting fair enough money? Is there, you know, what are the responsibilities? How much are you going to travel? How many, how much flexibility is there to go to your kids' baseball games? You know, what kind of perks are there? What kind of support do they offer you? Do they have, you know, uh, um, workshops you can go to or coaching provided or training once a year? Um, do they pay for you to go to conferences? So you want to think about it as a whole picture. Number nine is to negotiate multiple issues simultaneously, not serially. When I worked in the hotel industry, we used to call people nibblers, right? They would negotiate a contract, and then we'd send it to them to sign with their concessions. And then they'd say, oh, you know, we'd really like an extra staff room at half price. So then we'd go back to bat for them, and we'd get them one more staff room at half price. And then we'd say, okay, we've revised it. Go ahead and sign it. You know, I forgot to ask you, is it possible to get 10% off of the audiovisual? And it was like, this person's a total nibbler. Right. And so don't be a nibbler is what he's saying here is to, um, you know, put everything on the table at the same time. You might say, um, 
you know, he says, cautions from saying, the salary's a bit low. Could you do something about that? And then, um, you know, they come back and say, sure, you know, we figured it out. Thanks. Now here are two other things I'd like. <laughs> Don't do that. Put it all at the table together. Here's what I'd really like in order of priority or importance, right? Like I just, the salary is important to me. Vacation is important to me. You know, a deal breaker is I can work one day from home. You know, let them know where you stand. And then um, resist the temptation. I love this one. Don't, uh, to prove that you're a great negotiator, don't negotiate to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, you know, if you have something to negotiate, great. But um, don't go bargaining berserk. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was pretty funny. Um, if something's really important to you, absolutely negotiate on it. If it's really not, like, be, ask yourself, do I really need to go here? You know, and then think through the timing of offers. If you have multiple offers, if you're applying for five or six jobs at a time, you know, you can really, um, and you're wanting to look at everything and not make a decision, right? You can really hurt yourself by having one offer come in super early and then one come in, you know, three weeks later because an employer may not want to wait. Yeah. And so you want to try and time it so they come in, um, together. And then, uh, Avoid, this one I like is one of my favorites, avoid, ignore, or downplay ultimatums of any kind. So um, people don't like being told do this or else. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I mean, that is the reality. So um, avoid giving ultimatums. Um, sometimes if we're frustrated or we're trying to show strength, you know, we'll do that inadvertently. But it can be a real, it can yeah. be very negative. So um so be uh, careful in that. And um, remember that the future employers are not out to get you. Sometimes we get in this place of like, oh, they're really trying to hose me. They're giving me this cheap offer. They're, you know. And most of the time, that's not the case. Um, oftentimes, there's delay in confirmation of an offer. There's delay in salary negotiations because people are traveling and they're busy and they need to get together and talk about it. And or someone gets sick. I mean, it usually is not about you. Yeah. And so if you get all caught up, oh, they're not calling me back. They're not telling me. Um, that's difficult. And then um, stay at the table. So is there number 14 here is stay at the table. And remember that what is negotiable, what's not negotiable today could potentially be negotiable six months from now. So if people... Um, you know, if they can't give you a stay-at-home day right away, maybe after six months when you've shown that you work really hard, you've got it, you're able to stay connected, then they might feel more comfortable trusting you to work from home yeah. a day or two a week. So um, so just know that even if you don't get it right away, there might be an opportunity to continue to negotiate later. And you can ask for that. Like, hey, you know, is it okay if we talk about this again in six months? So mm-hmm. I'd really like to revisit it. Yeah. Sure. There's no promise there. You're not saying after six months I get this saying you'll talk about it. Yeah, you're just saying you'll talk about it. Leave the door open. So then it's comfortable for you when you go back. That's my interjection, not Deepox, by the way. <laughs> so, and then finally, maintain a sense of perspective. And this is the, the final one to negotiating a job. And um, he thinks this is the most important point, is that you can negotiate like a pro and still lose out if the negotiation you're in is the wrong one. So ultimately, satisfaction hinges less on getting the negotiation right and more on getting the job right. So um, 
so you want to do the research in the job you want, the industry you want. Um, you want to be thinking about what you really need because at the end of the day, if you get the, you know, if you negotiate it really well and you get the job, like now you have the job. So hopefully it's the one you wanted. Right. You so, went to a lot of work for it. Yeah. So if, uh, so if you want to read this article, uh, in its entirety, you can find it in, um, Harvard Business Review, April 2014, and it's by Deepak Malhotra, uh, Professor of Business Administration and Negotiations, Organizations, and Markets at the Harvard Business School. So um, so there you go. So happy negotiating. This is Alexis Robin with The Bright Side. You can find out more about me and our team at plinkcoachingcenter.com. And thanks, Ben. For it's always fun co-hosting with always me. Always learn something. You. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Sounds good. You've been listening to The Bright Side with Alexis Robin on Kate Tahoe.